0: Support for today's show comes from Locker Room, the best place to talk sports. Make sure to follow me on Locker Room at Jake Reiner, and I'll invite you to chat on my weekly baseball room, uniquely titled Meeting on the Mound. Download Locker Room for free on the Apple App Store today and join the conversation. You know, my stomach dropped when I looked in and saw my jersey hanging uh, in the athletics locker in Cooperstown at the (laughs) National Baseball Hall of Fame. And then my uh, Indians jersey is in the National Jewish American History Museum, And, and that's pretty incredible too. So it's 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 just humbling. Welcome to Meeting on the Mound. I'm Jake Reiner. So let's talk about some things. Um, We're going to talk about Albert Pujols to the Dodgers. We're going to talk about unwritten rules. Then we're going to get into Shohei Otani because the dude's a beast. And then we'll wind it up with Jake's Jakes where I talk about a different Jake. Around Major League Baseball, and I'll be honest, I think I'm I'm going to be I think I'm going to be running out of Jake's very soon because there's not that many. But at any rate, here we go. So the first thing I want to talk about is Albert Pujols. That is something that took the baseball world by storm. Not only uh, the fact that the Angels kind of abruptly cut him, but that it was the Los Angeles Dodgers that went out and signed Pujols. And I kind of just want to talk about all of that, kind of give you my thoughts on how I feel uh, about this move being uh, a Dodgers fan. But first of all, so last week the angels cut Albert Pujols. Uh, it, it was sort of a decision that they made because Pujols has has been on the decline uh, in Anaheim for uh, quite some time now. He was off to like a 198 start, and I think they wanted to uh, play Jared Walsh a little bit more at first base, sort of his natural position. And Walsh has been tearing it up this year, so that made sense. And it just didn't seem like... Pujols really had a spot on the roster anymore, and so they kind of got rid of him, and it, it, it kind of came out that uh, Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels, uh, came out and said that there was a little bit of a, a riff there. Um, we heard reports that there was some sort of argument or screaming match or something like that, but uh, Joe Madden essentially said that Pujols said he didn't want to be a bench player of any kind, and that was the reason why... Uh, They parted ways, or one of the reasons, I should say. Well, it kind of was weird when the Dodgers signed him because if you've been following the Dodgers, you know that Max Muncy is their everyday first baseman. And at the time of the signing, the Dodgers still had Corey Seager on the roster. So there really wasn't a starting role for Pujols anywhere. And keep in mind, this is a National League team, obviously, so no DH. So when they signed him, it sort of sparked some, you know, Sort of interesting storylines, I guess you could say, as to if Pujols wanted to start every day, why did he join the Dodgers? I have a couple thoughts on that because when Pujols was introduced to the Dodgers on Monday, he said that he never said what Joe Madden said he said about uh, not wanting to be a bench player of any kind. Pujols actually said something to the contrary, which was is that he was open to having any role on the Dodgers that they wished. And whether that meant you know, coming off the bench in a late inning a pinch hit spot or a spot start at first base or just to be a mentor in the clubhouse, um, he was willing to do that. So it sort of made me think all right, it's a he said, he said, right? Who are you going to believe? Somebody's lying. Honestly, And this is just my take on this whole matter. I think Pujols was sick and tired of being a bench player for a bad team. The Angels are not great this year. Their pitching is not good. Their offense is good. It always is. I mean, when you got Mike Trout, Justin Upton, uh, Anthony Rendon, Jared Walsh. I mean, this is a stacked offense. But their pitching isn't good. And I don't think that Pujols wanted to spend potentially his last season. We don't know if he's going to be coming back after this year on a bad team that's by all accounts probably won't make the playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs, they'll be eliminated. So I think that Pujols wanted to play. He wanted to be, I mean, first of all, he wants to be a starter who wouldn't want to be a starter if they're a major league player. But if he couldn't be a starter on a team on another team, He'd want to play for a team where he'd get another opportunity to win a ring. And I don't know if you remember this far back, but Pujols has two rings, one of them in 2006 and one of them in 2011, which he won with the Cardinals. And the Angels never even came close to giving him another ring. Now, with, you know, let's just call it for what it is. Pujols wasn't really that good in Anaheim. I mean, he he won three MVPs. In St. Louis, in his eleven years there, and he never even came close to having any type of season that resembled that. In Anaheim, he appeared in ten All-Star games, but only appeared in one All-Star game as a member of the Angels. He has six hundred and sixty-seven career home runs and three thousand two hundred and fifty-four hits. So he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, everybody, everybody that has a brain and, and watches baseball knows that. But in his nine full seasons with the Angels. He batted 258 with a 761 OPS and a 109 OPS plus. OPS plus kind of measures uh, based on ballpark and and difficulty and, and all of that. I don't really know all the math that goes into it, but essentially 100 uh, 100 OPS plus is the average. And so Poole also is at 109, which is slightly above average. He also never reached an OPS of 900 in any of the seasons he was with the Angels. And like I mentioned, only one all-star appearance, which was in 2015. Now you compare that to his years in St. Louis, and it's just off the charts, in his 11 years as a Cardinal, he, again, three MVPs, two World Series, but also batted a career 328 with, a, with over 1,000 OPS and an OPS plus of 170. So clearly a much better player as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. My thoughts, though, as a Dodgers fan, I think this is a great move for them. Given the fact of how the team is looking these days, they are banged up. They are worse for wear. And they also suck at hitting left-handed pitching, so this is a great fit, and it's a low-risk move because if Pujols shows up and doesn't perform well, the Dodgers could cut him at some point. I mean, there's no guarantee that he has to stay on the roster for the rest of the season. The Angels are paying the majority of his contract, which is like 30 million. He has left on his big deal, and the Dodgers only have to pay like you know pretty much league minimum. For Pujols to play for them. So it's really a low-risk move. And I say anything that he does positive at the plate is a positive for the Dodgers. And in his first game, he went one for four. And he was he was batting fourth in the Dodgers lineup, and he drove in a run. He had a two-out clutch RBI single in the third. The Dodgers won 3-1 to one over the D-backs. And interestingly enough, he became the oldest cleanup hitter in Dodgers history and the oldest player to hit in the top four in their lineup since 44-year-old Ricky Henderson, if you remember, played on the Dodgers in 2003. To a lot of other people, this seems like another kind of, you know, shot in the dark here, kind of like a Jim Tomei when Jim Tomei came over to the Dodgers or when Fred McGriff came over to the Dodgers, Luis Gonzalez, uh, Garrett Anderson, Ricky Henderson, those guys that were once, you know, premier talents, Hall of Famers um they they joined the dodgers in in the basically the end, at the end of their careers but i still think Pujols has something left in the tank and i'm super excited to see what he brings not only on the field but in the clubhouse i mean you could already see it last night from uh, some of the tv cameras that caught him in the dugout he looked like he was vibing pretty well with the team and he brought he brought an in interesting energy with him too you could kind of see just like the the uh the lightness of the team the, the team looked pretty comfortable and uh, they're 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 playing pretty well right now, so that's pretty good uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers there. But we'll keep an eye on how Pujols does. This segment brought to you by H two O. Drink up or die. All right. So the the next thing I want to talk about are some unwritten rules. Now, over the years, we've seen guys like Madison Bumgarner get pissed off if a guy stares at a home run. Um, We've seen managers uh, speak to the media and say how upset they are when these unwritten rules are broken and and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the time it can result in you getting drilled in the back uh, in your next at-bat. I think it's time we all just move forward. I think these unwritten rules are a little... I mean, they're obviously outdated, but it's just it takes some of the fun out of the game when you are so upset when rules are broken or unwritten rules are broken. And there was a perfect example of this in Monday night's game featuring the American League Central leading White Sox and the American League Central bottom dwellers, Minnesota Twins. I'll just say, first of all, I did not expect the Twins to be this bad. I thought they were going to be not great, and I didn't think that they were going to win the division, but they have been really bad this year, just awful. So the White Sox were taking it to the Twins on Monday night. They were up 15-4 to in the ninth inning with two outs, and the Twins put one of their reserves position players, uh, their reserve catcher, and first baseman, Williams Ostadio, or he is uh, favorably known as La Tortuga. He has pitched a couple of innings uh, for the Twins this year. That's how bad they've been. He came on in the ninth, and he was throwing the ball 40 miles an hour. I mean, just, you know, Ephes pitches up there. And White Sox rookie sensation Yermine Mercedes, or also known as the Yerminator came up to the plate. Now this guy's been on a tear. I've featured him a little bit on this podcast before, but I think he is just awesome to watch. And if you've ever seen these two guys face off, Mercedes and Ostadio, they're they're kind of the same body type, a little little heavy set, a little pudgy, um, but you know, that's just what the that's just what's great about baseball, right? Is that you know, in basketball and football, these are like physical specimens and they're just, you know, super jacked and they're in shape and all this baseball's more looks more like the common man. I think, I think baseball, when you, when you look at some of these players, you could sort of see yourself uh, in the uniform there. And I think that's why it it is relatable or as relatable as it is. But anyway, I digress. So Willens Ostadio's on the mound. He throws a 47 mile per hour heater to try and to try and get your main Mercedes out. Now, keep in mind, this was a 3-0 pitch to Mercedes, and he absolutely crushed it. The ball left the yard. The White Sox were now up. It was 15-4, to so now it would be 16-4 to White Sox over the Twins. And the Twins broadcasters didn't like it. Does it matter? You swung away on 3-0? Uh, I don't I don't like it now. I mean at 15 to 4, I you know, I don't like it. You're going you're going to get the same pitch after this. I I don't like it, but 47 miles per hour. They were a little upset that Mercedes decided to swing at a 3-0 pitch. Now, let me just back this up for those of you that may not understand the unwritten rule here, but when your team is up by A gargantuan amount of runs it is frowned upon if you swing at a 3-0 pitch or try to take the extra base or steal a base or bunt those are a bunch of different unwritten rules that you that are that is frowned upon in in a blowout but here's my thing the the twins had already conceded right once you put a position player on the mound you have conceded the game you have basically said I don't want to tax my bullpen. We don't want to injure any, you know, risk injuries to any of our guys. This game is out of hand. We're not coming back. So let's put a position player on the mound to just mop up the rest of the game. If you are waving the white flag, I think anything goes. Personally, swing at whatever pitch you want. You're in Mercedes. I'm totally on board with it. And it was awesome too. If you you take a look at the video, it's just really, you know, it's funny. It's cool. These two, you know, Kind of similar looking builds of a guy's at the, you know, facing off one another. And, you know, both of them can hit mammoth home runs. And so it was just really cool to see Mercedes take Ostadio deep. And so I mentioned the pitch was 47 miles an hour. That is the slowest pitch hit for a home run in the StatCast era. But, I mean, what, well, what, What's not to like about that? That's great. It's great entertainment. Even if you're a Twins fan, I mean, you're getting killed anyway. What's the difference? It's just ridiculous. These, these old crumudgeony guys are just like, oh, this is not, you know, how it's supposed to be and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Why don't you, you know, if you're, if you're a member of the Minnesota Twins or you're a fan of the Minnesota Twins that doesn't like that, why don't you play better? Why don't, why don't you, if you don't like it, why don't you win games? How about that? Well, how, about, how about you make it so that the game doesn't get so out of hand that you got to put in your reserve catcher slash first baseman to pitch in a game? How about that? That's what you should be focused on, not the fact that he swung at a 3-0 pitch. But then to make matters worse, the freaking manager of the White Sox, Tony La Russa, who is 170 years old, comes out and says, "Quote, he made a mistake referring to your main Mercedes. He made a mistake. There will be a consequence he has to endure here within our family." Now, if that doesn't sound like a mob boss, I don't know what does. That sounds like he's that that your main Mercedes is about to get whacked in the next scene, right? By, you know, one of Tony Soprano's henchmen. This is ridiculous. The the fact that the White Sox manager, I mean, this is this is this is like when um Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam on a three0 pitch um, when they were murdering the the Texas Rangers last year, and I think it was like Eric Hosmer came out who was who is Tatis's teammate and said, you know we'll, we'll talk to him. We'll make sure he knows. like no, like no, if if you have a chance to hit a home run in a major league game, freaking do it. Just who cares? It's entertainment. It's fun. This is insane. Um, so, I, all I have to say about this is just like, let's just get rid of these unwritten rules. They're just stupid, and it just makes the game less fun. Um, and I, I just don't. I just don't like it. And, and and to be fair, because I know that the Dodgers have complained about things in the past, I'll criticize them right now. There was a there was an example of. Uh, something that happened against the Angels last week where the Dodgers were killing the Angels. They were up 13-0, and the Angels' Taylor Ward comes up and bunts off of Kershaw, lays down a bunt, down 13-0 to get on base. Kershaw wasn't happy about it. Dave Roberts wasn't happy about it. He even said so after the game. Typically, I am... In favor of the Dodgers. Like, you know, I, I support the Dodgers. I'm a Dodgers fan. You know, I, I, I'll i stand by the players. I love this team and rooting for them my entire life. But I was 100% against this reaction to this. Because in this game, if you're down 13-0, what, you know, if you're trying to come back, what, what do you need to do? You need to get on base. So what did Taylor Ward do? He laid down a bunt to get on base. Now, it didn't end up working out for him, but the Angels did actually come back in that game and almost won. The Dodgers ended up winning that game 14-11. to I was there, actually, at Angel Stadium, and I watched that. And at the time when, when Taylor Ward bunted, I was like, that's weird. They're down 13-0. That's kind of strange. But then I thought about it, and I was like, wait a second. If you want to come back in that game, in a major league game, you've got to get on base. You're not going to come back hitting solo shots, and it's to me, it's it's just it's just ridiculous. I think we need to take a deep breath when it comes to these unwritten rules and just play the game, just win. That's all. That's all anybody cares about. Win the game. Doesn't matter how you do it. Just do it. Moving on. I know everybody's talking about Shohei Otani, but I feel like not enough people are talking about Shohei Otani. This guy is absolutely insane. I mean, what he's been able to do, like I've said before, we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. And I even think that Otani does it better than Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth started out as a pitcher, became an outfielder. Otani is doing both. We've seen Otani play the outfield, but he's he's mainly DHing and he's pitching. So when he's not pitching, he's in the lineup. And right now, as of Tuesday, while we're recording this he leads the majors with home runs in thir- with 13. He also has a 925 OPS and a 149 OPS plus. Oh, by the way, on the mound, he's 1-0 with a 2.10 ERA and a 200- 209 ERA plus and his strikeout per nine is 14. <laughs> what more do you want? Unfortunately, the Angels stink and here we go again with another once-in-a-lifetime talent being wasted in Anaheim because they can't figure out how to put a winning team on the field. It's, ins- it's-, it's infuriating. If I'm an Angels fan, I'd be so upset. I-, I mean, as much as I love watching Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, this team is never going to win a World Series. Not unless this front office takes responsibility and actually signs some really decent pitchers. Or even develops pitchers in their farm system. Figure out a way to do something to do it differently. Artie Moreno has been the owner there for how I don't know how long, but the dude is just not a good owner. It's just not. That's the bad news. The good news is that Otani is just tearing up the league, and it's and he's not getting these cheap cheapy Charlie home runs. These are mammoth shots. These are balls that are that are 115 miles an hour off the bat and. Th- Pitchers can't really throw it anywhere. He can hit a home run wherever you throw the pitch. You can take a look at some of the footage, but he's hit home runs that are, you know, balls that are right at the the bill of his batting helmet and at the tops of his shoes. I mean, he really can do it all. And it's really, really cool to see. And what's also really cool is the fact that he's the healthiest he's ever been. You know, he he's a he's a pitcher that was was coming back from Tommy John surgery. And I'll be honest. I, I thought, you know what? He's a good hitter. Let's just keep him at DH. Don't mess with the pitching. It's not going to work. Well, this year he's proving everybody wrong and he's actually pitching well. And, and he is one of the angels, best pitchers, uh, starting pitchers. Um, unfortunately, the rest of the staff is very unimpressive. Dylan Bundy has been awful this year. Uh, Andrew Haney is overrated. Um, so, Oh, Shohei Otani is one of the one of the bright spots for the Angels, uh, especially now with Mike Trout with an injury. Don't know how long he's going to be out. But I'll continue to update you guys on Shohei Otani because I just think that not enough people are paying attention to him, and that's partly due to the fact that he's on a bad team. Last but not least, let's talk about Jake's. This is a uh, fun little segment that isn't sponsored yet, but hopefully uh, someone will pay me money to keep sponsoring it because I like it. Um, Unfortunately, I think by the time we get a sponsor for this segment, we will have run out of Jake's to talk about, but maybe we can recycle some. So this is a segment where I just talk about a different Jake in Major League Baseball. Jacob still counts. So we did Jacob DeGrom, we did Jake Marisnik, and by the way, once we did Jake Marisnyk, he destroyed the Dodgers um, as a member of the Cubs. And so I, I feel partly responsible for that. But I think this Jake is not going to impact the Dodgers until maybe if he ends up being in the World Series and, they, and he's on the World Series roster as a member of the White Sox. I'm talking about Jake Lamb. He's still in the league, everyone. Jake Lamb plays for the Chicago White Sox. Let's just give you a little, a little background on Jake. He's 30 years old, but he's turning 31 this year. He was born in Seattle, Washington. He was actually drafted out of high school in 2009 by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 38th round, but elected to go to college at the University of Washington. In 2012, he was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the sixth round. And Jake Lamb is a first baseman slash third baseman, throws right, bats left. He's got a lot of pop. He spent the majority of his career with the D-backs. His best seasons, though, uh, first of all, starting out in, 20, in 2016 was kind of his breakout year. In 2016, he hit 29 home runs and drove in 91 RBIs. In 2017 was arguably his best season ever. He was an all-star. He hit 30 home runs and drove in 105 RBIs. And he was a part of that really good D-backs uh, wildcard team that got swept by the Dodgers in the NLDS. So he was good. Um, unfortunately for him, there's been a lot of injuries. So in 2018, he had shoulder surgery, missed the majority of the season. 2019, he had a quad injury, missed the majority of the season. In 2020, um, he didn't really play that well. And the D-backs designated him for assignment. But then he got picked up by the Oakland A's. And recently this year... Um, he joined the Atlanta Braves in spring training, but he he didn't perform well, so they cut him. And then in March, he signed a deal to play for the Chicago White Sox. Um, it's not been going great for, for Jake Lamb, but, but the good news is, is that the White Sox are so stacked and so good. They don't really need him to be good. Although I'm sure they would like him to be a little better than, uh, hitting 154 in the season, but he's only had 26 at bats and he's four for 26 with a home run RBI. He's all, he also has seven walks in 12 games. So he's getting on base a little bit and, uh, Hopefully, if he can stay healthy, I mean, I think looking by looking at his numbers, the only thing that's really prevented him from having a long career is the fact that he gets injured a lot. So, if he gets more consistent at bats, if there's an injury that happens with the White Sox where he needs to, you know, start, uh, you know, either at first base or third base, whether that's you know maybe an injury to Jose Abreu or Yoan Moncada, he could slide right in there, and hopefully with more at bats, he'll you know, try to regain some of that pop that he had in 2016 and 2017. I thought he was going to be like the next big thing in 2017 because I remember him killing the Dodgers and tearing up the National League. Um, It's just unfortunate that injuries have kind of derailed his career, but I'm hoping that he uh, that he hangs on there in Chicago and that he's able to produce. All right, that just about does it for me here. Uh, Meeting on the Mound with Jake Reiner. You can follow me on Twitter at Reiner underscore Jake. We also have a Twitter account, uh, Meeting on the Mound, M O T M underscore Jake Reiner. We're also on Instagram as well. Um, please interact with me. Tell me, you know, um, any topics you'd like me to cover, any players that. Uh, maybe under the radar that we should highlight. I'm always looking for those types of players to talk about, and then you know any guests that you think I should I should bring on. We're trying to do um, a couple of episodes where we talk about some of our favorite baseball movies. Stay tuned. We got a lot of things coming down the pike, and uh, yeah, baseball is great. Um, loving that we that we're getting to talk about it once again. Uh, also, join me on Locker Room. You know we're trying to grow that. Uh, fan base that baseball fan base on locker room. So um, sign up, join us, join the conversation and uh, yeah, go baseball. See you guys later.